Hey, it's so good to welcome you to Fields Church Online, and we are so pleased that you've tuned in for this message. No matter what's going on in your world right now, we pray that you come away feeling encouraged by this message. So church uh, in this kind of a setting is um, it's an opportunity for us to learn, and I've learned something new this morning, um, and that I think that Mark, when he was at school, used to uh, jump to the end of the book and look at all of the answers, because he's decided to um, speak on my talk already this morning, um, which is great. It shows that God's moving, God's doing something today. So in this um, series, we are looking at the Godhead. Um, so, I, as already mentioned, I am going to speak on the Holy Spirit, but I just wanted to have a look at the Godhead itself very, very briefly. So, last week we heard from Adrian. If you didn't hear Adrian's talk from last week, it should be on our online podcast, so go back and check that out. And he spoke about God the Father, the Almighty One, the One who wants best for us. And he's the one who gave his one and only son. And in a couple of weeks, we're going to hear about that son from Richard. I'm just, he's nodding. Yeah, it's definitely going to happen. So turn to your neighbor, say, you've got to be there. You've got to listen to Richard's talk. So when I was thinking about this um, a couple of weeks ago, I thought... If I was brand new today into church, and if you are brand new today, just know that you're so very, very welcome, and please let someone in the church know that you're here. Make sure you pick up a welcome bag this morning. But if I looked at this idea of the Godhead or the Trinity, I'd potentially have a couple of questions. And my first question, I think, would be this. Why does it matter? Or perhaps more bluntly, what's the point? Because I know I've heard of this idea of God and, and I hear about these Christians who talk about Jesus and think that he's an amazing man. And now they're talking about this idea of a spirit and it, it gets a little bit confusing. I don't understand why I have to necessarily know all three. Well, what importance does God place on it? As we've already heard this morning, if you want to come with me to Genesis uh, chapter 1, verse 1 to 2, as Mark so brilliantly read out, um, and I'm reading from the NIV version this morning, just to let you know, uh, which is the nearly infallible version, um, if you need to look that one up. Um, And it says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. There's a real distinction here. The writer who we believe to be Moses could have just said, God was there, he created the heavens and the earth, and then God resided over the waters. But he made a distinction. He decided to make a point of saying that the Spirit of God resided over the waters. He wanted there to be separation And if you could, can you jump to verse 26 in exactly the same book? And it says, Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness. So in the first two verses of the Bible, we see God, and we see the Spirit of God, or the Holy Spirit. And now God's asking us, or asking him to make man 
in a collective image. Now, last time I looked, I wasn't a god. I know I have the body of Hercules, but... <laughs> Too much laughter, Richard, sorry. Um, yeah. Um, but I'm not a god. Um, and I know that I have a form. I can be touched. There's, there's a physical presence here. So I'm not simply just a spirit. So that means there must have been something else there. There must have been a blueprint. And Christians, we believe that that was Jesus. Jesus was there in the beginning, and he was part of the Godhead. He was there at the part in, within creation. And you could actually say, well, Sabin, I don't believe you. You know, it doesn't say that Jesus was there. It just says that he was created in his own image. And that's fair enough. That would be perfectly acceptable. But there are other verses that say that Jesus was there. In Acts, it says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Now, for something to be made through something, it has to be present. So if Jesus was there and, the, and creation and the universe was made through him, he had to be there. Paul goes on to say, or backs this up in Colossians and says, The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things are created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So for me, God has decided in the first book of the Bible, the first thing that we're going to read as Christians, the first elements, he's decided not only just to introduce creation, but to introduce him in all three parts. Now, it'd be weird if I opened up a conversation with you and said, hi, I like football, I like chocolate, and I once had a nightmare about Medusa and I had to fight it in a supermarket, which genuinely happened, sadly. Um, no, my, my first points of call when I'm introducing myself is to give you my name. And it's to tell you a little bit about who I am, what I do, maybe some mutual connections that we might have. And that's exactly what God's doing here in, in Genesis 1. He's saying, hey, I'm God. Have you also met Spirit and Jesus? And just so you know that you were modelled after this man, Jesus... And in Matthew 3, 16, 7, um, 16 and 17, we see that um, we see it, the Trinity actually come together. As Jesus is baptized by John the Baptist. So it says, And when Jesus, the Son, was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God, Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and coming and coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. So God is really desperate to make this distinction. He's desperate to show us that we need to experience these things in three different ways. So now I just want to focus on the Spirit of God or the Holy Spirit. Now, it has a few different names. I've already mentioned a couple. It's sometimes referred to as the Holy Ghost. And across the Bible, 
He is mentioned no fewer than 350 times. Now, that's not quite as many as God or Jesus, but it's quite a number of times. And if you know me well, you know that um, I'm a bit of a math geek. Um, I was at CYM on uh, Friday night, and the lady who was speaking, I forget her name, she decided to bring up a bunch of uh, graphs, which I thought were excellent, because I'm that kind of person. I love maths and statistics. So I've done the maths. So Holy Spirit is mentioned more than 350 times. So that's once every 88 verses, and once every two and a half chapters. And that's taken into account that he's not mentioned nearly as much in the Old Testament as in the New. But who actually is the Holy Spirit? I've been reading a book um, by Kevin J. Connor, who's a well-respected teaching apostle, and, and he puts it like this. The Holy Spirit is the divine third person, the third divine person of the eternal Godhead, co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent with the Father and the Son. It is his ministry to convict and convert man as well as to reveal the Son and the Father to the believer. Since the glorification of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit in all his glorious operations is working through all who believe in the Father through his Son Jesus. Now I realise that's quite a long passage, so I just want to work through this and unpack it with some scripture. So I've already mentioned that God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit were all alluded to in, somewhat in Genesis 1. So from the beginning, we can see that this statement, that the Holy Spirit is co-equal, co-eternal, and co-existent with the Father and Son, is true. The Spirit is also referred to in a manner that is equivalent to God and Jesus. Matthew and Paul and John all refer to the Holy Spirit in this way. But right at the start of this statement, it says that the Holy Spirit is a person. And now I can see how that can be a little bit confusing because obviously surely the hint's in the name, right? It's the Holy Spirit. But there are quite a lot of factors that mean that we can't just treat it as a spirit alone. When it is mentioned as being the Spirit of God, the word here used is pneuma. Can you just move that one on for me, Angela? Um, and it's described as having a sense of warmth, a physical feeling attached to it along with life. So the, the, the definition is a vital spirit, soul, or creative force of a person. Or in the Greek, it's literally something that is breathed or blown. Now we may consider other spirit beings such as angels as something that can have a physical presence or manifestation. Just think of the nativity. The angels, they showed themselves to the shepherds. They showed themselves to Mary. But only when it's God's plan that they choose to reveal themselves to us or when we become accepting to perceive it. And we have to have a relationship with it. Paul talks about the connection we have in 2 Corinthians He says, the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Fellowship like we spend together right now or after the service when we'll all meet for tea and coffee and and have some cake. 
it's about having a conversation. It's about talking about what's going on in our lives, learning from one another. And throughout John's gospel, the spirit is referred to he, him, and himself, a pronoun that likens it to a person. In Paul's writings, the spirit is referred to having a mind, a will, and even emotions. And the latter really differentiates it from something like an angel, which we see as just a spiritual being, because of those emotions. And they're believed to have far more consciousness and feeling, far less consciousness and feeling. So we can't just treat the Holy Spirit as something distant over there, a fanciful idea or notion. It's tangible, it's personal. Throughout the New Testament, the Spirit works, it searches, it speaks, it testifies, it bears witness, it teaches, instructs, prays, and intercedes, leads, guides, glorifies, regenerates, strives with men, convicts, sends messages from God, calls people into ministry, it directs, and also gives spiritual gifts to those who call themselves members of the body of Christ. This is all very personal, sometimes even physical. Acts expected of a person or being are all performed by the Holy Spirit. And the last statement from our description is, the Holy Spirit in all his his glorious operations is working through all who believe in the Father, Son, and Father, through his son Jesus. Now, if you're someone who doesn't call yourself a Christian this morning, and that's totally okay, you can actually have a little snooze for a little bit if you want. But if, it, if you want to listen, because I truly believe this could be life-changing for you, um, it's, it's really important as Christians that we understand that if we believe in Jesus and we accept, um, and we accept that he died for us, that if we live by the word, the Holy Spirit comes upon us. That's not, that's not an optional extra. It's not something that we have to, um, it's not like a Christian plus, and then you get that when you go to the next tier. It's something that happens straight from the beginning. We accept the Holy Spirit into our heart. And that gives us exactly the same power that Jesus has residing in us. We can call on the Spirit for a measure of love, Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, and self-control. For these are the gifts of the Spirit. Not the earnings, not that if you hit your quota, or you're really nice, you get it. It's not if you're perfect. No, these are the gifts that are imparted to everyone who chooses to accept Jesus. Now, I realise that part of this hasn't been particularly personal and a lot of this you could all go away and you could open up your Bible or do a Google search and you can find it out for yourself. So what I really want to do is actually show you a few experiences that I had when I became a Christian where I saw that the Holy Spirit was actually working in others around me and they were listening and they were willing to be led. So for those of you who don't know, um, I had a bit of a roller coaster year before I became a Christian. I lost my grandparents. Um, 
I failed all of my mock exams, I lost my cat, I um, was in two unfaithful relationships, I also started to develop, to develop psoriasis, and um, I had facial cysts. I was having problems in my own church. I fell out with the, some of the people there. And I got to a point where I was actually scared of my own hurt and anger that I felt a stranger in my own home. I was a mess. I didn't be- feel I belonged at school. I didn't feel I belonged in society. I didn't feel like I fit in with my own family. And I didn't even feel like I belonged in my own skin. But there were some fundamental things, some important things, some important pushes that led to me not being condemned by my own situation. First off, my first Holy Spirit moment was my family. Now I know I'm very lucky to call my family Christians. I'm lucky to say that when I was the furthest away from God, my family was still there and they were still striving. They were still pulling in the direction of church and pulling me with them. I've said it in more secret circles, and I actually brought this up on Friday. We were asked at CYM to talk to the person next to us and and say something profound, and I turned to Kim and I said, you are one of my greatest heroines of faith. My family are really important to me in this because... Well, my sister is uh, um, my biggest, one of my biggest inspirations, not because she told me about the Holy Spirit, not because she told me about faith, but she modelled it. Because she was faithful to the Spirit and she was willing to be led. The second Holy Spirit was my youth leaders. Now, I don't know how they came across this, but they decided to look into something called Soul Survivor, which is quite a large-scale Christian festival. It sadly no longer exists. Um, now, I come from quite a traditional church. We don't, uh, we don't tend to go off to these big Holy Spirit retreats. Um, but it was still a free church, and they, they decided to look into other areas. And we ended up going to this extraordinarily evangelistic festival where God really moved. And I really felt that the Holy Spirit, looking back on it, was a real push. There's so many options that they could have gone for in that moment. They could have, we could have gone to New Wine, New, New Day, we could have gone to Big Church Day Out, but they decided for some reason on Soul Survivor. And they felt compelled in taking 15 or so chaotic youth halfway across the country um, to access this festival. The third moment was on the Wednesday night when I was in Soul Survivor. The speaker gets on stage and he says, I've just torn up my talk and I really feel like God is asking me to do this a little bit differently today. He had to go entirely off what he planned. He had to focus entirely on what the Holy Spirit was interceding to him to tell him the words and what to say. And he started to call out these situations as he went along. And he said, there's a family and they've just heard some really bad news and I want them to come to the front and be prayed for. And we're in a tent of 12,000 people. And sure enough, this couple get up to my right and they run to the front and they're prayed for. 
And he continues, and his next situation was, there's a, there's a boy, his name is Danny, and he's got an issue with his arm or his shoulder, and I want him to come to the front. And, and Danny was there, and we all turned to him, and he's like, no, 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 it's all fine, we're all okay, we're okay, we're fine. But sure enough, someone else got up and ran to the front. He was willing to be told by the Spirit where to move. And my fourth moment, and if you mind coming up, was I felt pushed to pray. I was never a prayer, and I'll, I'll be honest, I still struggle with it now. But something, and I know now that that was the Holy Spirit, really pushed me to pray. And I sat down, and I put my head in my hands, and I gave everything that I've just mentioned over to God about my situation. And I told God that I didn't want to do life anymore. And that if he felt that he could do something with me, something worthwhile, that he could have my life, and he can do something good with it. And going back to the speaker on the stage, he, he continues to call out these situations. And he said, there's a boy, and he's sitting down. He doesn't want to be here. He's gone through a horrible breakup, and he needs to come to the front. And 12,000 people were in that tent that day, and I willed every single one of them to get up. I did not want to be that boy that day. I was still sitting on the floor debating whether I should make that step. But I can tell you, thankfully, as I'm standing in front of you, that I did make that step. And I'm standing in front of you only today because I chose to accept that Jesus loved me and that he was willing to die for me and that God had a plan for me and that the Holy Spirit was going to help me through that. I went to the front and I was prayed for and I felt the Holy Spirit moved in my body. And I know this is sometimes a bit of a strange thing to talk about and it's perhaps um, not spoken enough in churches. But I had a physical manifestation of the Spirit. I, I closed my eyes and I was prayed for and I fell down and I felt so incredibly heavy. I felt like there was a car on top of me. It was like a ton of bricks. And... I couldn't even open my eyes. I couldn't physically move. And it was quite scary in the moment. But I felt the spirit rush from my toes all the way through to my body. And when it reached my head, my eyes were opened. And I felt the depression that I was feeling in this moment fall away. Now, I'm going to be really, really honest with you. In that moment, my situation didn't change. I was still a single man who didn't do very well in his exams and he still had some emotional healing to go through. But I got plugged into a church and by faith I got a job. Me and my mum, we, we sat down and we prayed on a morning. I was volunteering as a, um, a sign language interpreter and I said, I'm running out of money. I said, and mum said, let's pray. And we called on the Holy Spirit and I walked into, into, um, into that school that day ready to say, I can't do this anymore, I've run out of money. 
And before I got the opportunity to say that, they handed me an envelope with a contract in it saying, we want to hire you and we want to pay you for all the work that you've done already. Yeah, amen. The Spirit moves in ways that we don't always expect. He intercedes with people that perhaps aren't even part of his kingdom. But there was a part of this where I had to be accepting. There was a part of this where I had to make that decision to make that step. We're going to sing a song now. Um, It's called Holy Spirit, which I know is a little bit on the nose. But it talks about it in in it that we need to, or or asking the Holy Spirit to come um, here. And that it's welcome here. Now, I think when the writer was talking about it, he wasn't just talking about the place or the room that he was sitting in, but I think he was talking about this. That we have to accept that the Holy Spirit will come into our hearts and that we would be willing to accept it. I really hope that when we, whilst we sing this song, that you just have a consideration of where you are with God this morning and actually if you'd be willing to accept the Holy Spirit into your heart. Thank you, band. You don't need to go on and put on deodorant, get dressed, put on your perfume, put on your makeup to go and have a shower, but that's sometimes the way that we look at getting ready for God. We sometimes feel that we have to be perfect and we have to be clean and we have to be right before we get our experiences from God and get clean from God and I tell you now if that's the way that you're thinking this morning you'll continue waiting the reason that I know is because that was me I kept waiting I kept on covering the cracks I kept on trying to fix the issue myself and it got so bad that I had to give it all or give it all up That was the crossroad that I found myself at. I was not ready. I wasn't good enough. I felt like I wasn't anything to anyone in that moment. But I was something to God. I was important as every child is. I was important just like you are this morning. And when I prayed, the Holy Spirit came upon me and it changed my life. I started this journey and I've got an opportunity to tell my story. I got to see friends come to faith. I got to use my talents in church and learn not just to survive with what I went through, my failures, but to learn and thrive within them. None of this, I repeat, none of this was possible without God, without Jesus, without the Holy Spirit. I'm here because of the influence the Holy Spirit had on those around me to guide me. I'm here because Jesus took all of that hurt and pain and sin on the cross. And I'm here because the Father loves me so much. He decided to give his son to die for me and to die for you. I needed a miracle. Do you need a miracle this morning? And while every eyes closed and everyone's head is bowed I just want to encourage you this morning if you haven't 
thought about this idea of faith. Or perhaps you feel really pulled this morning by this idea of God wanting to love you. I would just ask you to be accepting of it this morning. And I'm just going to ask Richard to come up and he's just going to lead us in a prayer of faith. So if that is you this morning, perhaps you've never given your life over to Jesus. Or perhaps you've fallen away from church and you're coming back today. I just want you to repeat these words in your heart. Thank you, Jesus. Just before I do that, I just felt impressed this morning when we were singing our first song about breakthrough. Breakthrough is coming. I think there's some people here who need a breakthrough in their life, spiritually, financially, in a relationship, emotionally, spiritually. You've been waiting for breakthrough. Maybe it's healing in your body and you need a breakthrough in that. You need a breakthrough with God. You come into church and not a lot is going on. In your life, you feel, you feel empty. You need a breakthrough in your life. You don't feel worthy. You don't feel good enough. You don't feel accepted. Well, Jesus accepts us just as we are. Just as we are. But he wants to see us changed and transformed. So if you're needing a breakthrough in your life, just put your hand up. And say, I just need a break, breakthrough in my life right now. Just put your hand up and someone will come and pray for you. Anybody this morning? Just need a breakthrough in your life. There's one person here. There's another couple of people at the back. Can I ask some of the prayer team? There's another couple of people here. Just go and pray for them. Would you just go surround them? Get a prayer team. Just come stand next to them. Pray with them. And let's pray for a breakthrough in their lives. Let's just do what God wants to do this morning. Allow that to happen before we do anything else. Just need a breakthrough in your life. Anyone with their hand up, just go to them. Just pray with them. Come on, we can all pray. Just get round them. Let's minister to one another. I think it's really important. The Spirit is here. Be you feel? And the Holy Spirit is here. Maybe you feel overwhelmed by life. Life is just overwhelming you. And in that song, it talks about being overwhelmed by the Spirit of God. So if you just feel overwhelmed by life at the moment, just put your hand up and say, that's me. I just feel overwhelmed. Things are just too much for me at the moment. Just put your hand up and someone will come and pray for you. Anybody this morning? Just feel overwhelmed with stuff and that's going on in your world. God just wants to overwhelm you with his spirit this morning. Come, Jesus. Touch every heart, Lord, in this place. Bring healing, bring wholeness, bring breakthrough in these people's lives. We all need a breakthrough in some way in our lives. So I pray for everyone who doesn't have their hand up, Lord, just for a breakthrough in a family situation with their marriage, with their children, with relatives, whatever it might be, there's stuff going on. God wants to touch your heart this morning, just minister to you by his power. Thank you, Holy Spirit, just come and fill every person in this place right now. Right now, Jesus, with your presence, fill them up, Lord. Fill them to overflowing. Come on, just receive that this morning. Just how I receive that. Just a touch of the Spirit in your life today. You know, we can't go through life doing everything in our own strength. 
but in His strength. That's another role of the Holy Spirit. He just comes, lives within us to strengthen us, to grow us, to draw us closer to Jesus, to lead us, direct us, show us things to come, reveal truth to us. Thank you, Jesus. Just bring breakthrough in every heart and life right now in Jesus' name. And just say that it's done. It's done. I receive that in Jesus' name. Sometimes when we're prayed for, we just have to receive that by faith. And as we keep stepping out in faith to, to thank God for that breakthrough, breakthrough comes. It might not happen today. Right now at this moment, it might, but it might not. Just keep thanking God for the breakthrough in your life every day that you're breaking through in that area that you need breakthrough in. In the name of Jesus, we pray. God is a God of breakthrough. Come on. God is a God of breakthrough. He loves you. He died for you. Is there anybody here this morning who hasn't made Jesus the Lord of their life? And you're here. You've been hearing what uh, Sabian had to say. He was drawn by the Holy Spirit to go to this conference and found purpose in his life. He met with Jesus and was filled with the Spirit and his life has been transformed and changed. What about you? You've never made Jesus the Lord of your life. Just put your hand up and say, that's me. That's me. I've never made Jesus the Lord of my life. I want to make him the Lord of my life today. Just put your hand up and we'll pray for you. And maybe you're here today, you just backslidden and uh, you haven't been serving God like you could and you want to come back to the Lord. And you're here today. If that's you, just put your hand up and say, that's me. I just want to draw closer to God. I want to come back to God. I want to give my all to God. Is that you today? Just raise your hand up and someone will pray for you. Let's believe we're all right with God this morning. And if anybody needs prayer for anything, there's going to be a a prayer team out the front here. Just come forward. You want to give your life to Jesus and you didn't want to put your hand up, just come and speak to someone about it. If you're backslidden, you want to talk to someone about that as well, just come up to the prayer team and they'll pray with you. I'm going to close the service and we're going to have some fellowships and tea and coffee and just enjoy the moments that we're here together. Thank you, Father God. Father God, I thank you for sending Jesus as we celebrate, as we go into Advent, celebrating the coming of our Lord. Thank you for sending Jesus into the world to become a man and live amongst his people to see the suffering and pain that the world sees and has seen. Jesus, we needed a savior and he came into the world to save those who were lost. And we want to celebrate that over the coming weeks ahead as we celebrate Christmas, the real reason for Christmas. Jesus is the reason for the season. Father God, as we go right now, I thank you that your angels would encamp around about us. Keep us safe, free from harm until we can meet again. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. They're just going to sing as we go to the cafe now. And just if you want to stay there in a moment, just sing and just be in there, have a moment with God. That's fine. If you need prayer, come forward and we can pray for you. Or if you need to just go to the fellowship at the cafe, that's fine. Bless you.